Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers gave us a nice, painful reminder of why we probably shouldn't get too high on them quite yet. So the Lakers had quite the opportunity in front of them. They could have reached 500 uh, for the first time this late in the season since, well, it feels like forever. Um, they got losses from teams ahead of them that they needed to get losses from. New York hasn't been playing necessarily the best basketball uh, of of their season. And yet, yeah, they, they, it kind of feels like they squandered an opportunity. They lose... At home to the Knicks, 112 to 108. Uh, a lot to really kind of touch on in a micro sense in this one, but in a more ma- macro sense, uh, before we get to some of the specifics of why I, I, I thought that they lost this one, Darvin, please stand up. But, uh, but I, I think before we get to that stuff and, and the, the nitpicking that is going to, to go on there, I do think it's, it's worth kind of taking a a quick step back here and realizing like even given how much more sense I think it makes to have LeBron and AD and a whole bunch of role players who make more sense around them versus trying to find that third star and then hoping to fill out the rest of your roster with mostly veteran minimum type players. um, It is worth kind of, you know, we do have to be fair here. We do have to point out some of the issues that might arise in that and with this kind of roster construction. And and look, like AD is having two, like he, he just had two straight kind of weird games for him. He scored single digits points the, the game prior. Um, and then this one, he only scores 17. And, and yeah, like the Knicks and Toronto... Um, we're both just swarming him like crazy. So, you know, maybe it, it was out of the question to, to maybe hope for a continued scoring spree like he's been on. But still, you'd like to see more than an average of, what is it, 13 or so points uh, per game over the last couple. And, and you know, the other part of it is while role players do get better the more that they're paid generally, right? Um, they are still role players. There are, you know, if you have a, like Troy Brown Jr. is a, on a veteran minimum contract. Malik Beasley is is not on a vet men. Um, but both of those guys are are kind of streaky shooters. And in this one, you have Troy Brown Jr. going 0 of 8 from the field, 0 of 7 from three-point range. And you have Malik Beasley going 2 of 8 from three-point range. And if you have both of those guys shooting poorly in the same game, uh, you are going to struggle. And that is kind of the thing with this current roster construction is, yeah, um, in 2K, this this team makes a lot more sense where, you know, this, it's it's more algorithmic based and, and there is, you know, there are sliders to kind of mess with or whatever. But, you know, in the real world, you don't really necessarily know how role players are going to handle certain moments um, until you see them in those moments. And I'm not saying that like a random game against the Knicks on a Sunday night was too big a moment for any of these guys. I'm saying that, you know, inherently, because of the types of shooters that Troy Brown and Malik Beasley are, 
if the Lakers make it to the playoffs, one thing that you kind of have to be nervous about are games like this, where both of those guys just don't have it going, and Darwin is reluctant to move off of either of them in the rotation. Again, more on that here in a second. So, yeah, I, I still believe in this in this kind of path forward for putting a roster together around AD and LeBron, but I do also have to be fair here and acknowledge that there is a, there, there is no perfect path here. There is no, even with the, the team that won a championship, there were plenty of frustrating nights where nobody could throw a pee in the ocean and, and they just lost. There were those games that the Lakers just lost because nobody could shoot. In this one, you had D'Angelo Russell going off. He shoots 13 of 19 from the field, 6 of 11 from three-point range. He scores his 33. Um, he was the only person who, I, I guess, Rui shot two of three from three-point range. Um, he was the only person who, like, you when, when the shot was going up, maybe Reeves, but Reeves only shot twice that you'd say, yeah, all right, that has a good chance of going in. It didn't matter how open Troy Brown was. It didn't matter how open Malik Beasley was. Those shots just were not falling. And on on nights like that, the Lakers lose, and they did. All that said, if an adjustment gets made over the course of that game, I do think the Lakers have a better chance at winning in this one. They still lost by only four. Um, there, there was kind of a furious comeback at the very end there that maybe makes it look a little closer than it maybe necessarily was, but still look again, I, I went over the numbers a second ago, Troy Brown Jr. O of eight from the field. Oh, seven from three point range. Didn't look good defensively. Um, I, I thought he was the worst player on the court in, in this one. Uh, you have, a, a Malik Beasley who was saying like, when I say, Troy Brown Jr. was the worst player on the court. Malik Beasley was like, hold my beer. You know, uh, I, I I think I can make a run at that too. So like when both of those guys are playing as poorly as they are and the Lakers are still, you know, the, the, we've been talking about the depth on this team. Um, there is no reason that Troy Brown Jr. on a night where he is playing as poorly as he did should play, should play 28 minutes. He doesn't have it. Cool. Move away from him. Austin Reeves only plays 25 minutes. That makes no effing sense. Um, on a night where, where look, I, I know that Lonnie Walker is, is not exactly held in high esteem right now by most people who are watching the Lakers play. Um, but on a game, again, where Troy Brown Jr. was as bad as he was, would Lonnie Walker be much worse? Could we honestly say that? You know, and 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 uh, you, you look at the other options there, uh <laughs> Max Christie gets a DNP CD, uh, and 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 yeah, like Max Christie is 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 a rookie, and you know whatever. But on a night like tonight, where all you need, like, if the Lakers make like three jump shots, we're talking about a very different game. And uh, given the way that Troy Brown Jr. was playing, and given the way that Malik Beasley was playing, just get somebody else out there. And and like on, on a night like tonight, there is no reason why Austin Reeves shouldn't be playing thirty minutes in that game. And yeah, you can say like, oh, well, you know, you, you don't know how long there might be some diminishing returns with longer minutes there with with Austin and, and given how hard he plays. But let's find out. Like, let's say we did the same bullshit with with Alex Caruso, where it was like, well, you know, you just don't know how hard he how long he can play as hard as he plays. Uh, OK, fine. And then he started 
<laughs> the 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 series clinching, the championship clinching game, a game in which the Lakers were up by nearly forty, um, in part because he started. So like like let's just find out. Let's find out what the what the boundary, what the outer limit is to to Austin Reeves's minute allocation, and then kind of work your way back there. He's been. One of I I think he's been one of the the Lakers five best players all year, all year. It's almost indisputable, and there is just zero. <laughs> there's just no way to to excuse or explain Troy Brown Jr. playing 28 minutes tonight when he was playing the way that he was, and Reeves only receiving 25 minutes. It's just it's just kind of frustrating. I. I <laughs> I want to believe in Darvin Ham, and there are some stretches. Look, there are some things that he's doing that uh, are better than than Frank Vogel, right? The offense that the Lakers are running, whether it's in terms of sets that they're running or kind of their foundational system. Um, offensively, the Lakers look like a significantly better team. It's a better roster, which is worth pointing out. But also, I think culturally, the, the, the offensive system lends itself to a little bit more explosiveness. Um, and and widens the margin for error, margin for error there. Um, I, I I think uh, Darvin look Russ is gone and and all of that, but his ability to communicate with Russ obviously was was significantly better than Frank Vogel's ability to communicate with Russ, and that was uh, that's worth pointing out also. All that said, I'm I'm still waiting for him to like to convince me. Yeah. I definitely belong here. I, I just don't know that that's necessarily the case. And you watch him coach at the end of games. Um, the Lakers in this one, uh, they they hit they they hit the buckets that they need to hit, and um, they wind up having they run off like 13 seconds at the end of a game um, rather than fouling in the in the backcourt and all of that stuff. And that's the kind of thing where like yeah, all right, you want to say. Um, we're going to trap if we have to trap and and try to get a turnover there and give ourselves an opportunity or whatever. But you also have to have the backside of that full court press ready to foul as soon as that ball crosses half court. And the Lakers weren't, so it's just it was just I, I I'm there are some things that that Darvin does in a micro and macro sense that make me a little nervous. And you know maybe it is just it, it, you know kind of nitpicky here to look at a three-minute difference in uh, Troy Brown Jr.'s minutes and Austin Reeves' minutes. But I, I'm I'm at the point where I don't think Troy Brown Jr. should ever play more minutes than Austin Reeves. And I for damn sure don't think he should be playing more minutes than Austin Reeves on a night where he played about as poorly as I've ever seen a basketball player play. Um, and, and and that was what we were watching there in, in this one. And, and frankly, uh, the minutes allocation the you know that that lack of preparation there uh, at the very end of that game like that's the kind of stuff that you kind of look at and you say like hey um that kind of falls on darvin regardless though the lakers do have some winnable games ahead of them so they can kind of get back on or stay on schedule i would still say they are about on schedule um in in the time probably even ahead of schedule um given given the the task ahead for when LeBron went down um, Tuesday. They had they play at New Orleans. New Orleans has been pretty bad since uh, Zion 
went down and, you know, Brandon Ingram has been dealing with some injury stuff. So that's worth noting. Houston is probably the worst team in the league. They play at Houston on Wednesday. Friday, they play Dallas at home. Dallas, uh, well, you don't know if Luka is going to be able to go. Um, and you don't even necessarily know if Kyrie Irving is going to be able to go. Um, and, and even if those guys are able to go, since they traded for Kyrie Irving, I don't think they've gotten a stop in a moment where they definitely needed it um, with both of those guys on the court. So that it feels like a game that the Lakers should win. They play uh, against Orlando at home. That should be a win. Then they also play Phoenix at home. Phoenix probably won't have Kevin Durant. That's on March 22nd. And that's around the time that LeBron James would be getting reevaluated before the Lakers play OKC on Friday, March 24th. So all things considered, even giving the annoying loss that they had against Minnesota, and then obviously this annoying loss here last night, uh, the Lakers are still on or ahead of schedule. And uh, if they, you know, rip off four wins here in a row and the team's around them in the schedule, you know, they take a couple losses here and there, then you're right back to where you were heading into this game. Uh, it was a missed opportunity and it particularly sucks to miss that opportunity because, you know, guys who were paid to shoot could not shoot and guys who are paid to manage minutes did so poorly, but still, even while you, you miss this opportunity, you know, beating both Golden State and and Memphis the way that they did, uh, you know, March 5th and March 7th, you know, Sunday and Tuesday of last week. The fact that you're able to do that means that you can kind of, you can you can afford the Minnesota loss. You can afford this one. Uh, but what you can't do here, like losing this one, means that you now have to win probably the next four, at least three of the next four to either stay ahead of schedule, get ahead of schedule, or for for, for damn sure uh, not fall behind schedule because that's where you start to get a little nervous. So um, I would say that the Lakers to this point have done what they were hoping to do while LeBron has been out, but still some work to be done. All right, so before we get out of here, uh, I have been promising to those of you who have been listening and, and shouts to you, like our numbers uh, for some reason keep going up while I record just lowdowns. And I can't wait to get back to, you know, talking to people and, and watching the numbers get back to where they were um, when we when we had a full schedule filled out and all of that. And, and also just like doing the show that I did with Aaron and with Harrison and with with uh, Mike the way that I did was Friday and. Um, that reminded me how much more fun it is to talk to people rather than just like sit here in my office and talk to the orca painting on the other wall. <laughs> I, I, I have been promising you guys some transparency on this as I am able to do so. And while I would like to be able to be a, a, a little bit more transparent, what I will be able to say now is I have decided where this show is going when I get the feed. Now, when I get the feed is is not in my control, and I would like to be able to get that sooner rather than later so that we can really start moving forward. But I have decided where this thing is going. Um, there is a company that is bringing me in, uh, bringing in the show and all of that. So uh, that is really exciting. Um, I also have 
some other stuff that I'm working on beyond just podcasting uh, that I would also, uh, I, I also can't wait to, to share with you guys. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping to not be uh, getting ahead of myself here, but I'm hoping here sometime this week to be able to announce formally what all is is coming next. Uh, but I, I will say again that we have made a decision. We have come to an agreement and this show will live on um, and this feed will live on in a very happy home. And uh, what all that might mean and, and some of the periphery stuff, I think you guys are really going to be excited about too. So as soon as I can share more of that stuff, I promise I will. But uh, I I do want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for rocking with me the way that you have while we have been trying to figure all of this out and build this plane while it has been in midair. So shouts to you guys. Shouts to Company X. Uh, I, I cannot wait to get going. And I cannot wait to share with you guys what that is going to look like. So until then, and until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.